I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Internet's number one fake history podcast. Uh, my name is Ethan Palmer. I will be your host this evening. Joining me, as always, is Two Chin Pete's. Hey, it's me. I'm trying to get my uh, necklace over my second chin here, but can't. He's <laughs> <laughs> getting too swole at the gym. His second I'm... his second chin is overcoming the power of Christ, really. Now that they've now that they've brought back in the chin machine, um uh, the, the, there's like a chin waggler thing which is pretty good. Like I'm very happy they brought that machine back in with the capacity. And of course, a man whose chin I haven't seen in years, James Miller. <laughs> yeah. We just found like old videos of me when I was really young and I I have a different chin. I forgot what my own chin looked like. I, I also, and you, you've had a beard now for years so. for for a long time yeah it's bigger <laughs> than ever but I'm, I'm not trying to double up on my chin i'm going for like double elbows double knees so i, I kind of like stack my weight a little differently than the average man oh, you want to get cankles you want to get the extra make it you look like you're wearing baggy pants but it's just all meat <laughs> yeah no, I like bell really, bottoms really th- i like really bell thin thighs <laughs> really thin ankles but fat as fuck knees you know yeah. okay okay yeah, yeah like cool. uh inverted bowling pin that's that's what like they call chi- me. Like, like a chicken drumstick, really. Yeah. That's yeah. what you want to be. Yeah. Meat on top. Red, Meat on top. Red hair, red hair, just all buffalo drumstick Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's uh, get ready to tap into the magical worlds of Magic the Gathering. Um, we're going to be talking about the otherworldly entities known as the Eldrazi, specifically the Eldrazi Titans and their broods. Um, this is kind of a pseudo follow-up to the last one. It's more of a parallel story than the Innistrad episode that I released three weeks ago. But uh, you will probably gain some context from that other episode, which would be helpful for this one. So it's October. Recommend- it's still kind of spooky, though, right? Exactly. This this is, if anything, spookier. Okay. Uh, spooky in a different way. I guess uh, Innistrad was werewolves and vampires, uh, and Eldrazi are the Lovecraftian horrors, the El- right. Eldritch horrors of... Magic Gathering universe. So, growing old and dying alone—the abstract horrors of Lovecraft, right? Yeah, I mean, literally, like descends into madness, right? Like right. Uh, dementia, really awful. Um, so yeah, uh, that's what we're going to talk about. If you haven't listened to the last one, it's recommended reading, not required reading. I'd say uh, we'll try and give a bit of context to the show itself. Um, but with that, uh, we could probably roll right in. So, Magic the Gathering for. All the unfamiliars, obviously. Uh, tabletop card game. Not like, okay, This I know what you're thinking. This isn't Blackjack, all right? This isn't, <laughs> this isn't crazy eights, okay? It gets pretty crazy. Um, but it, it's a bit more strategy, a bit more nuanced than that. Yeah. Um, and all the sets that come out, about four sets a year, usually have stories attached to them. And some of those stories talk about these things called Eldrazi. The only way you um, lose... Black- 
Yeah, the only way you lose money gambling is buying packs over and over again, trying to get that one card you really wanted, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 And then as, as soon as you get it, it's banned in standard. <laughs> yeah. I remember a guy uh, when Dragon Ball Z cards were popular, uh, he bought an entire box and went through it trying to get a level four trunks. And I walked in and I bought one pack and I walked out of there with a level four trunks. And he had know, yeah. all of his little empty packs all around him. And I was the one with the card. It was, it was that's great. gambling, baby. Yep. That that's very uh, Jamie luck, I believe. Uh, yeah. As as Luis would say, uh, slub luck. I that's believe. Right. I uh, I love the fact that you said back when Dragon Ball Z cards were popular, which is a thing that you could have made up because I didn't know that that ever happened. <laughs> you never had DBZ cards? So, no. There was like a little scanner that was basically yeah. like a plastic that had like a little gap. And as you powered up your character, you moved it up along the side of the card. So like the plastic would block the other numbers and the card in the middle where the gap was would be the current power level. And uh, yeah, that was like one of the mechanics. You could level up your characters from like one, two, three, and four. Uh, there was like a whole battling thing too. I went to tournaments, but I was awful at it. And a, a right. young child, yeah. yeah. Pokemon yeah. is like a simplified magic. I've I've played the Game Boy Color game, which I think I've mentioned in the past. That's and I still own a bunch of Digimon cards. I don't know a single human being on the planet who knows how to play that game. <laughs> <laughs> I got I the mean... starter kit as a gift at Niagara Falls for some reason. And uh, that was it. If if people were like, um, hey, Digimon was is just made up. Like you, you never actually saw a, an episode of Digimon. You never actually saw any content of it. I would be really skeptical, but I could be convinced. Like you, <laughs> you could double down and like a few beers in, probably convince me that Digimon never happened. No? It just gaslights you. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, no, 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 no. It, it's not like Pikachu. He's like an alligator, and he's just called Agumon now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like a dog, a dog gets stronger when he puts pants on, and then yeah. he turns into a mech. Yeah. <laughs> and they could talk sometimes, I think. I don't know. One of them got too big, and the kid wanted to paint him and didn't have enough money to pay for oil-based paint. It was yeah. like a plot point. All I the don't kids, remember that at all. That's all the like kids, a fetish thing. They got on a train, <laughs> and then the train went to the digital world. I think, honestly, there, I'm pretty sure there's a PS1 RPG Digimon game that I still want to play. But Okay, screw it. Like, We're doing Digimon lore, okay? Right? Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a live read of it. Uh no, we're talking about Magic Gathering. Um, again, uh, listen to the Innistrad episode for more context, and we have a ton more uh, Magic Gathering episodes. Should be links to our website with all those those episodes on it, uh, but you can find the subtitles there, and you should be able to find uh, the episodes by searching that as well, or just searching Magic in your podcast app. It should come up. So what the heck is an Eldrazi? Um, okay. Uh, it's a, a way a to cook your points. pasta. Uh, yeah, a million points uh, to Peter or Jamie, whoever, whoever can come up with the name of one of the three that I mentioned last time. Because oh. there's there's three Eldrazi, oh, and you you guys will win. You guys will win every every game I ever play in the future. You automatically win it over the other one if you can remember one of the three. One of them at least had apostrophes in there. Yeah, because they're they're uh, they're. I can't believe it's not Cthulhu, right? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. no apostrophes. So you're you're negative points at this point. But oh no, <laughs> is it? I I can't believe it's not Dagon, but it's like K apostrophe T N or N T rather. Metal Rurumon Hakulu. Yeah. Moana. Moana. Yeah. Yeah. I better rock. Metal Garurumon. Yeah. And, and, and Hulu, the streaming service. 
Yahoo.com, uh, which you can't get in Canada. <laughs> Can we have but, a hint? Can we have a hint? Like, uh, well, I'll, I'll just. Uh, do you do you want a hint? I mean, I want to try. Them has, sure. Yeah, I don't even know what to give you as a hint. Um, <laughs> one of it, one of them starts with a K. One of them starts with an E. And the other one starts with a U. Uh, the one with a K has two Ks and a Z in it. Kakas. <laughs> no, that, no. <laughs> not even close. Uh, um, yeah, so so let's get into it. Uh, and I'll, the Aldrazi are an, unknow- an unknowably ancient race. Uh, they're native to the Blind Eternities, which is the space between realities, chock full of chaotic energy. That is we've what we've talked plane- about before as well, right? <laughs> yeah, a couple times. That's what planeswalkers are able to manipulate and travel through. Right. Not yeah, not to be uh, confused with the Blind Eternities who are suing that damn stoplight that stopped tweeting at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're a litigious bunch. Okay, you gotta yeah. give them that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the Eldrazi the, have a, have an aura about them. I guess you could say their very nature is anathema to most. They are the embodiment of ceaseless hunger, devouring all mana and life energy they can find. They're broken into three broods, with a titan at the head of each brood. Three titans, as described last time: Kozilek, Titan of Distortion. That's a Z one. That's the Zed one. Emrakul, Titan of Distortion. Oh, I remember uh, that name, Corruption. Actually. Corruption, excuse me. Uh, and Ulamog, Titan of Consumption. Ulamog. Now, if you guys, at any point in the episode, lose track of which one's which, you because we're going to get into their physiology and the differences between the broods in a bit, uh, and you're trying to remember what the difference between them is, just remember this. Kozilek warps reality, Emrakul warps biology, and Ulamog Warps physical properties. Very clear. All right. You don't so- have a mnemonic for us? <laughs> <laughs> Is he on like the home improvement channel? He, he warps physical properties. Move that bus. Property bros with, with brothers Jonathan and Ulamog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's just like it's like, well, what we want to do is like tear out this old gyprock wall and put in some new support beam that's incomprehensible to the human eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ty, that's going to be a great idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, what we're going to what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to tear up this floor and add a new subfloor. What do you think, Ulamog? Looks <laughs> <laughs> like a horn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about this walk-in mind torture chamber? Ooh, yeah. 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 The master bedroom distorts reality and your bodies at the same time. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I added those three points because like the lines are so blurred between that reality, biology, and physical properties. Like they could all kind of mean what each one could mean the other in a different circumstance. So I thought it was very silly that it was uh, clarified in the in the wiki. But um, there, those are the three known Eldrazi. So uh, at time of writing, it's unknown if there are more Eldrazi Titans that exist out there, but just have not yet been encountered since they're just like wandering, uh, inco- mostly incomprehensible you know, entities which just float through the multiverse, devouring planes of magic. Um, As I said, they are native to the blind eternities and they don't enter uh, planes in the traditional sense. So um, there's an in-canon metaphor, which does a really good job of explaining it. Uh, The spirit dragon Ugin, who you guys might remember from the last episode. Yeah, uh, that doesn't, is he not um, Nicol Balas's brother or something? He is, yeah. I don't yeah. think I mentioned that last episode, but uh, bonus points to Pete. Um, wow. How'd you know that? Yeah. 
I, he's definitely told me there is literally <laughs> no way I ever would have found that yeah. out otherwise. That's how I found out. <laughs> I must have mentioned it on the last episode. Uh, I'll probably do an episode on Ugin someday. Maybe it'll be my next episode if you want to hear it. Uh, make sure to join the Discord, lowboys.com slash about, and uh, crunch at us there. Um, so the spirit dragon Ugin compared an Eldrazi Titan entering a plane to that of a man sticking his hand into a pond of water. In the metaphor, the man is the titan and the pond is the realm they are entering. The fish wow, of the pond. That's, I can't imagine that's <laughs> what he meant by that. <laughs> uh, imagine, imagine all at once that you're a pond and yeah. a man sticks his hand inside you. And that's what it's like if when an Eldrazi enters a, 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 enters a plane. Like, okay, Ugin, <laughs> let's, let's get you to bed. <laughs> we I mean, I do, try, I do try and dub it down for you guys. So. Yeah, we can all imagine <laughs> a man sticking their hand inside of us like at this point, I think. But Yeah, I mean... Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. Make me a uh, Muppet, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have a man sticking his hand in a pond. A titan entering a, a realm of magic. Uh, the fish of the, of the pond, those who dwell in the plane, can only see the man's hand. So the Eldrazi titans are kind of just the man's hand. Like when you when you see these like all-encompassing monstrosities towering over the, the realm... Um, as far as we can tell, it's just like an aspect of like a construct of their, their presence. It's like, uh, the thing we cool. brought up a bunch of times, like flatland or whatever, where if everybody lived yeah. in a 2d world and you stuck your hand in it, you'd only see circles instead of fingers and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Something passing through it. You just see like the flickers of it going through and changing shape and you wouldn't be able to understand. You'd never be able to comprehend that it was the shape of a hand from your perspective. Yeah. Um, so yeah, mortals on a plane can only see a fraction of the Eldrazi Titans, even as their reality crumbles before them. Um, similarly, each lesser member of a brood is at the same time a part of that greater Titan. The physical forms of Eldrazi drones or processors are simply a further extension of that extra-dimensional being. So the Eldrazi, you have your your you know flagship cards. There's cards for Ulamog, there's cards for Kozilek, and there's cards for Emrakul. Um, and then you have like the uh, Emrakul's Pathfinder or or uh, uh, Kozilek's Pathraiser, um, all these different Eldrazi cards, which are Eldrazi minions. Those aren't like separate minions, which the Eldrazi Titan has created. Those are still the Eldrazi Titan, just again, taking on like different manifestations within that realm, essentially. Okay. Um, I guess if we want to extend Ugin's metaphor a bit, it's like the ice is frozen and to start, you're only able to kind of work in uh, like a finger at a time or whatever, right? And then slowly you're able to work in more and more as you kind of break up the ice and break up the the very reality of that that dimension. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was thinking of something much dirtier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just pictured like, you know, like... Uh, all the, on the brain, huh? <laughs> yeah. All those yeah. guys at those magic the gathering cons or concerts the tournaments that have their their pants down and you can see like the ass crack so there's just like a really big overweight guy like leaned over into a pond sticking his fingers this is magic i am yeah. Uh, playing yeah. Yeah. ugin is just like imagine the aspect one of the envoys of ulamog is in just like the ass crack of a man peeking yeah. above <laughs> the waist of his jeans is Try- just like <laughs> Try and try and imagine a great pond full of Cheeto dust. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, the broods, uh, if a little indistinct on purpose, uh, do at least have some defining physical characteristics. So uh, you probably can spot the difference if you if you know it well enough. Uh, and I'll, I'll I'll get into. Oh, I can actually show you pictures uh, pictures of what these guys look like. I completely forgot about the props that I brought for you guys. Uh, <laughs> 
So uh, this one's Kozilek. Uh, you'll notice a central theme of tentacles. Uh, oh, sorry. This is this is Ulamog. I named that wrong. Uh, no, this is Ulamog. Sorry. Kozilek, Ulamog, and uh, Emrakul. Well, Emrakul uh, just looks like a jellyfish, like a gigantic yeah. jellyfish. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fair way to describe uh, her. Uh, Ulamog, take note of the like the bone plated helm or head. Yeah. Uh, and the bisected arms. So he's basically got like uh, two sets of upper arms and then four like forearms uh, with four hands at the end of each of those arms. Looks like oh, someone just plucked him like a, a weed from a garden or something. Yeah, he does. He, I, I can kind of see the, uh, he's like a tuber or something, right? Like a, a turnip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I think Kozilek may be uh, the most humanoid form the body anyway the head he's is kind of like a comprehensible of all yeah. of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like he has a he's... face where his neck should sprout you know like he's just looking yeah. straight up all the time he's yeah. a turtle he's a, tur a shy turtle essentially right yeah Aww. with two big buff arms <laughs> yeah <laughs> um cool so uh we'll get into the differences between their progeny so let's start with thulamog if, if i can find him so uh you guys will notice some similarities to uh the big guy right he's got the That's... bony plated head yeah. bisected arms with uh like recursive fingers almost it looks like yeah he has like they it has like a, a lot of additional knuckles on every finger they all they all kind of wrap around yeah uh, and then he's got like bell-bottom pants with but that flare out into like octopus tentacles too <laughs> yeah exactly. that's true uh, <laughs> he's got the cankles he's got the, he's yeah got the he's got the cankles going on yeah. yeah he's got the also like if you were to bend your arm forward in like the crevice on the other side of your elbow, uh, he has second arms coming out of the that the, the middle yeah. of the arm, yeah, out of the joint in the elbow, essentially. Yeah. So Ulamog's progeny are characterized by the featureless bony mask, which covers what can be best described as a head. Uh, they are the most highly tentacled of the Eldrazi, although that's like stated. Um, I think they're. I think Emrakul definitely gives them a run for the, for their money, um, and we'll see why in just a little bit. Um, this is Kozilek. I don't know why he got so small. I can make him big for you guys. Uh, so this is Kozilek. You'll notice he shares the uh, similar bisected arms. Mm -hmm. uh, the spawn of Kozilek are usually covered in peepers, though rarely do they have any on the head. Uh, I don't know what happened to this image. It got super, super compressed, but there is like an eye in his elbow joint here that you can't make out anymore. Cool. Um, they often have large black jagged plates that float around them and share bisecting arms with the Ulamog lineage. So these kind of floating like orbs, stones of Ayun for the D&D &D fans out there, uh, which float around them. A lot of the uh, Kozilek spawn have this just kind of part of their, their biology. If you had okay. an eye on like the inside of your arm, like at the crevice, does that mean instead of blinking, you just have to like move your arms up every six seconds? <laughs> yeah, you gotta do reps, man. You gotta yeah. do reps. Get, get in the Discord, join Fit Boys, and we'll keep those eyes moist, okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's my goal. It's like I, I, that's why I go to the gym is keep my eyes moist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're so dry throughout COVID. Yeah. Um cool. Sorry, it won't let me won't let me change anymore. Technical difficulties. This thing is very cool looking. It is it's got less fingers than the last one where it's the 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 split arms at the front uh just have like four fingers on them instead of what looks like 12. Mhm. Mm yeah. Uh oh, this one's um, a kraken. They're, they're freaky dudes. Yeah. So again, this is uh, Spawn of Emrakul. Um, again, tentacles. But 
I will have you guys notice the kind of like lattice patchwork skin, uh, kind of like very fibrous and like crisscrossing. That is like yes. a defining characteristic of uh, Emrakul's brood. Okay. So, um, like, so Emrakul's... It's like yeah, when you digest something. It's all the, the, yeah, the exactly. cilia or whatever in your intestines. It pulls all the yeah. food down and everything. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks maybe partially digested, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, Emrakul's children, perhaps the strangest of all, lattice-like flesh and of otherworldly hues, often bright purples, blues, and reds. Uh, they possess no discernible sensory organs often and come in indecipherable shape. Except for this one that clearly has eyes. Uh, again, often. And and this one is not explicitly of Emrakul. This is uh, just kind of a generic... Uh, no, they're not all named. Um Oh, I see. So there's a generic Eldrazi, but I, I pulled it up for the lattice-like structure. Uh, and again, they do share a lot of similarities, all of them. Um, but there is another telltale sign in this uh, piece of artwork, which uh, lets you know that it's probably Emrakul, which uh, maybe we'll a have uncovered. Moon. And maybe uh, Actually, super, super spot on, James. Like, unbelievably... Like, really? not, even, not even what I was referencing... Um, I, I don't know if that, that would tell you definitively that it is Emrakul, but the full moon will definitely come back later. I actually don't think we're going to talk about the full moon in Emrakul today, but now I wish we did, but I, <laughs> I was kind of saving it for a potential uh, future episode. Um, but maybe we can briefly talk about it a bit later. Okay. For now, though, uh, we can talk about what they share in common anyway, and I can stop sharing this. I don't got any more good ideas. Um, time for you guys to have to be like the listener and imagine what I'm saying. Oh. Uh, so while each, each brood is unique, uh, they, they're cousins for sure. Uh, there are some consistent lines through each design. All, or at least most Eldrazi have a proboscis located somewhere near a joint. Uh, sometimes it's a knee joint. Sometimes it's a jaw joint. Uh, it seems to just depend. Um, and they're all, they're, a lot of them have tentacles and, you know, weird fleshy bits, things like that. Um, so proboscis the, like the, like the straw organ on a bug, basically yeah. like a mosquito or a butterfly. Yeah, Exactly. They use it to to drain life essence out of victims, uh, and and feed on that feed that back to the host. Again, you, they feed on mana and life essence. Did you okay. guys see that gift that was going around of the proboscis of the mosquitoes searching for a vein under the skin, and you could just see no. like the proboscis like probing around until it eventually found a, a vein and started drinking. Oh yeah, it's really unsettling. Cool. Yeah, how they get that angle? I wonder. I don't know. It looks like it's like they. It's like they just removed the skin, and you're looking underneath the skin. At it. It's it's really weird. Oh, yeah. the Bill Gates microchip has a selfie camera on it. That's probably how they shot that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, you just get all the boomer shots of like the the low angle camera, but it's just a mosquito's yeah. face. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you my proboscis. Please respond. <laughs> I'll try and find it and post it in the Discord. So go to loreboys.com slash about and get in that Discord. And you too can see my proboscis. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's not a threat uh, for our lawyers, for the record. <laughs> for our blind attorneys. <laughs> We're, uh, we support the differently abled on this show. And we of only course. hire blind attorneys. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, do you guys want to try and get canceled? We can try and gender these Eldrazi if you guys want. Um, sure, dude. Let's do it. Jellyfish so they, is a female. Jellyfish is a female, says Jamie. Uh, what about the other two? What about um, most humanoid figure and uh, the turnip? Most humanoid uh, man. I'm going to say it's a guy because it's got broad shoulders and like kind of, it does have like a high armored neck sort of thing. Okay. I want to say. 
And, Unless and the they are all generatives at all times, depending on when they enter a plane and they materialize as something when when they go in, where they they are all of them all at once uh, within the blind eternities, and then they manifest as like ah yes, my male form, which is the <laughs> currently have ah yeah, the big dick Eldrazi is yeah. here. The turn Oh no, it's the bisexual one where it has like a fucking denim vest covered in pins on it. You're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> the turn up looked at least half man. He looked like a man that was pulled from the ground, like a mandrake from Harry Potter series or something. Very oh, that screaming thing? Yeah. Very mandrake like. Yeah. Uh less You guys you guys nailed it. Once again, I am floored. Uh to me, I, I to most people that they appear to be pretty genderless. Uh kudos to the brave researcher who tried to sex them. Uh, at the same time, this being the Magic the Gathering fandom, there's been a lot of arguments about uh, pronouns used to describe the Eldrazi. Wow, uh, what a they're... pointless thing to fight about. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> We're talking about the Magic the Gathering fandom here, so uh, <laughs> as a member of it, uh, you have to understand that sometimes arguments about uh, arbitrary words in, uh, in the description of how a card works come, uh, are very important. If you refer um, to this picture of a jellyfish as he, I'm going to flip the fucking table, dude. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> So there are there are some inconsistencies in official sources too. Some some places would say he, some places would say she. Uh, I'm gonna try and use they them because they seem like they them's to me. Uh, the most recent canon is Ulamog and Kozilek, so a humanoid form and turnip are he him, and Emrakul uses she her. So three okay. for three, three for three. You guys nailed it. Don't know how, okay. but you did it. You told well, you, you told us one was a female. You said you called her yeah. a her. And, oh, did I? Yeah, and then <laughs> the other two, they just they have the bodies of dudes at this point, of typical yeah. dudes. They got the They've all been banned and... off Twitter, but yeah. we did discover their pronouns prior. Yeah. To that. Yes, <laughs> there you go. yes. They made Jack Dorsey go insane. <laughs> so uh, the Eldrazi, maybe unlike some internet arguers, are intelligent in at least some capacity. Got him. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that pronoun bit was to just set up that sick roast on people who yeah. argue on the internet. And go ahead, argue with us because you're just stepping into our trap, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So while while in general unfathomable, the telepath Jace Bellerin managed to communicate with a conceptual conceptualization of Emrakul within his mind at some point. Um. So Jace Bellerin, we talked about in one of our first episodes of magic gathering not our first i think our third maybe um he got bullied until like his puberty dropped he did get bullied he is like the uh edgy smart boy like boy incel. genius character um some incel vibes for sure but they, they all have a little bit of a little bit of that in them i think we talked um, a lot about him being an incel that episode that rings a bell in my very head, possible. but yeah. very very possible he was just like a playful he was like a playful prankster because he hung out with uh uh chandra and liliana yeah. and i no the no the guy the incel guys the the guy is uh vezer vesner oh, oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He, he was in yeah and he's huge incel vibes yeah he's okay huge. sorry mixed up uh, that's yeah that's that's from the uh that's from another series anyway um we've done a lot of magic gathering at this point it's hard for yeah. me to keep all the lines straight honestly <laughs> um so uh, the conceptualization within Jace's mind acknowledged that they did not realize that the telepath existed and that Jace had what Jace had seen was just an attempt of Jace's own mind to conceptualize something that could not be understood otherwise. So by that logic, it's if you're if you're kind of conceptualizing them with a dick, then they got a dick. Otherwise, they don't. Um, since they're just these like manifestations of something incomprehensible into right. uh, a real space. 
uh, it's like the viewer's mind, which, you know, fills in those blanks because it can't handle the empty space. Okay. So that's, that's where you get these kind of like tentacles and flowing patterns and things like that. And they're able to affect the universe in that way. Um, Jace just can't understand anything. It's like, no, no, I saw within its mind. It's got a hell of a hog on it. Don't worry. <laughs> 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 uh, he immediately goes to the internet forums and starts furiously typing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, it's almost like observing the absence of the Eldrazi almost manifests them. If an Eldrazi twists reality in the woods, but there's no one around to see it, does the plane still collapse in a flash of blinding white light? You know, nobody really knows. And, and does it? Uh, so they, they... <laughs> all the mimes driven mad, just like ah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, too much arguing. Um, so they do consume planes of magic, uh, which we did discuss in the Innistrad episode when uh, Soren, Ugin, and Nahiri first found uh, the Eldrazi. They had just devoured a like an entire plane. Uh, at which point, they usually like disappear in a flash of of white light, essentially. Okay. So they'll tear it kind of the fabric of reality by eating the mana or the magic that makes up each plane until there's not enough left to sustain it, at which point it just like collapses in a flash of light and they move on to the next one. Now, they're not evil from what, I, from what I'm gathering, right? Like just they're kind of like a force of nature. Yeah, it, it's like yeah. a glacier or like an earthquake. It just kind of destroys everything in front of it, but it's kind of agnostic. Yeah, exactly that. Like okay. they, they don't even um, like Emrakul acknowledged Jace uh, at this point and Emrakul uh, again probably won't get to it on this episode just because it was running like way too long I had to cut a lot um, but Emrakul does seem to have the most awareness of others of like mortal beings uh, Kozilek and Ulamog never communicate so no one ever communicates with the other two Eldrazi Titans the way that J Jace communicated with Emrakul um, they are known to give visions to people sometimes and there are um, there are people who describe hearing whispers like after prolonged exposure to, to uh, Eldrazi Titans, but like what those whispers say, or again, if it's just their mind filling in blanks that it, that it can't hear all of a sudden, it's really hard to kind of parse out. Right. Uh, uh, so for example, the vampire Drana has visions revealing that the Eldrazi of Ulimog's lineage knew that the Eldrazi shouldn't be on Zendikar. Uh, we'll get into why they're on Zendikar in a bit, but we did mention on the last episode that uh, Soren traps them there with Ugin and Nahiri. Um, so while they're trapped there, they a, a vampire on the plane basically gets a vision that shows them that like the Eldrazi know that they shouldn't be there, shouldn't be trapped there kind of thing. Um, another one uh, caught in Kozilek's reality warping field, General Tazri has a vision in which Kozilek obliterates the Gatewatch, who we'll get into who the Gatewatch is in a bit, but it's Jason, Chandra, and, and some other people, um, proving that the Titan's aware of the Planeswalkers at the very least. The fact that he, like, this vision came from him, in theory. Um, but okay, yeah. Well, he is just assuming that it's not, I guess, yeah, I guess you would have to just, like, assume that is a thing trying to tell you something, like some sort of wicked vision of the future, opposed to your brain just being terrified and you having, like, an unrelated nightmare, like, while, while psychically linked with a with a monster right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. what if you just like always heard amaranth's asmr streams everywhere you went like that that <laughs> was the whispers that wouldn't be so bad i could deal with that <laughs> i've never heard one but i can only assume it would drive me mad 
I, uh, I, I, I watched some with uh, some people in the Discord. One of the guys uh, recommended it to me, and we like stre- we streamed it to the server. And I was like, it's kind, of, it's a weird noise. It's kind of hypnotic. It is just like, like lip smacking and what. But my, like, I can get how that could be kind of relaxing. My favorite move of hers is that she made it so she's like. I'm going to make it so I don't have one woman doing it. I have two women doing it. And the way that she did it is she set it up so she was on the left ear and the right ear. And she would do it to the left ear. And then the right ear would be like a 30-second delay of whatever she was doing. So effectively, she was like making it feel like there was two people there. But it was just her and then like her 30 seconds ago. So... Honestly, pretty innovative in the SMR scene. I gotta say, <laughs> to have a live show like that, uh, impressive. We're we're talking about like Eldritch horrors uh, that like bend reality and and devour entire realms of existence. And this conversation is making me uncomfortable. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about this. Okay, I'm, I'm too boomer for your sex streams, James. Please keep them to your episodes. Okay. I, honestly, don't even watch them that much. But every time I turn it on, I'm like, how has she brought it to the next level? She's just always innovating. <laughs> I just keep, she keeps ratcheting it up. I don't it, get it. it. She's a leader in the industry, I swear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so finally, when doing what they do best and consuming planes, each of the three broods has a particular effect on the landscape it leaves behind. This is the point in the episode where I remember I did have more physical, visual cues to give you guys, but I clearly have not prepared them. Um, so I'll describe them for you. Uh, Ulamog, Warper of the Physical, if you'll recall, leaves behind a white coral-like substance. So he kind of turns the entire plane into like this like devoid barren coral reef, like a bleached reef. Um, oh, yeah, I was gonna say it's it's like like what currently happens basically with pollution. Exactly, yeah. Uh Kozilek, Warper of Reality, is known to leave behind formations that resemble color- colorful bismuth crystals. So for anyone unfamiliar with bismuth, it's a crystal which forms naturally in the shape of squares. Uh very cool oh, to look at. Oh neat. Yeah, uh, so basically, like, the entire ground, like, behind, in the wake of one of Kozilek's brood uh, will just show, like, these, like, crystal rainbow square patterns all over the place, just kind of, like, branching out. Um, Amrical, Warper of Biology, is known to leave behind yellow dust, which can transform the very scenery into flesh and blood. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, you'll be walking along behind Amrical, the jellyfish, and, you know... Uh, the, the land beneath you will go, hey, I'm I'm lying here. To which way you will, of course, reply, like, I'm walking here. It's yellow yellow dust, and then like when you touch it, you turn into or like, No, like the ground the ground is breathing when, when Emerical leaves, uh, and there's like there's hairy bits and there's bony bits and there's uh, fleshy bits, you know. Yeah. Um it, it's it's real gross. I don't like yeah. that one. You use your use your coupon code Emrakul on manscaped.com to clean up your <laughs> the dirty hairs growing out of the ground. Yeah. You dirty, dirty son of a bitch. <laughs> you need the lawnmower 4.0 to mow your actual lawn of all the hair from it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like I said before, it's unknown when they awoke, where they came from, how long they had been destroying planes before they were found by the band of three planeswalkers. Uh, their insatiable hunger would crack open entire realities to drain them of the marrow that was their magic essence and leave nothingness in their wake. Stopping them for a time was a monumental task. We'll go beyond stopping them for a time right after the break. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millennia ago, three planeswalkers decided to do their best to rid the multiverse of the threat of the Eldrazi. Ugin, the Spirit Dragon, Nahiri, the Lithomancer, and Soren Markov of my last episode fame were the ones to take on the task. Um, we did talk about it on the last episode a little bit, at least the trapping of these uh, Eldrazi. Uh, right. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like under the sea with a cage of Zeus's where, lightning. Where that's it is better. Disney's Her- that's Disney's Hercules. Where it is wetter, where it is better, under the sea. Yeah, that's yes. exactly what they yes. decided to do. And then along came Soren. <laughs> he hurled his thunderbolt. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the Lore Boys. We're talking about uh, the friggin' Eldrazi still. Uh, James, you could not be um, further off, I guess, because it's really under a mountain, Mount Akum, or a range of mountains. Mount the Akum? Akum mountain range. Well, that's yeah, what, on that's the subject of Amaranth. Amaranth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mount Akum, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, the lithomancer we established was like, uh, like uh, I don't remember if it was a dude or a chick, but they could uh, they could like uh, manipulate rocks, right, and create these like gigantic pillars of stone that they used to lock in some aspect of one of the Eldrazi, like within the within the tomb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or all, all three of them get trapped uh, there. I guess. Uh... Half of the amount of points that I offered you guys last time, if you can remember the plane that they get trapped on, it's Nahiri's native plane. There's another famous planeswalker from there named Nissa, who we'll talk about in a bit, who ends uh, up joining the Gatewatch. I think you it, talked about it like probably like 40 minutes ago at this point, and I've Del- completely forgotten. Delta no. Airlines. I don't think I've mentioned it on this episode. Maybe I have. Maybe I let it slip. Like I let it slip that Emrakul was a used uh, she/her pronouns. Um, but I definitely mentioned it on the last episode. I've mentioned it before as well. Is it Zendikar? Zendikar. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Because you oh. did mention it earlier. Sorry. I was like like dredging the 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 bottom of the pond that all of their hands are now stuck in. Are now in. Yeah, I'm yeah. dredging exactly. the bottom for of my memories for that. So now they've all got like one hand stuck in Zendikar. Exactly. Um, I'm so glad you used that metaphor. You guys are like, it, it's really going to feel like you guys read my script before because uh, I kind of mentioned that in a little bit. It, we get into a bit of Lore Boys canon in a second here. 200 um, episodes, you'd think that we'd learn to cooperate eventually. Yeah. Wait, don't but, tell them that it's a 200. We're, we're going to do the actual 200 later. Oh, uh, yeah. well, now yeah. now the Lore Boys is like a middle-aged lady where it's just like, oh, no, we're not 200 episodes. It's, it's yeah, yeah. rude to ask a podcast how many episodes you've done. <laughs> No, no, but we're, we're 201 episodes, but when you look for the 200th episode, you just see, like, an empty void that your mind fills with tentacles, essentially. Right, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, they're on Zendikar. They trap the three of them there. Uh, they decide to trap the three of them there. Again, listen to our Innistrad episode if you want, like, a bit more detail on it. 
Um, but they decide to trap them instead of destroy them. Uh, and it's Ugin who is the one who counsels that, says, you know, we should trap them. We shouldn't kill them. Um, was he far- improvising? And he was just like, no, 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 it'll be fine. We've got a use for them later. And then like, <laughs> like what? Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I mean, there's there's a ton of like really fun tinfoil hat conspiracy. And um, like one of them is, uh, or a lot of them actually involve killing, uh, using the Eldrazi to kill Nicole Bolas. Uh, who, Pete, oh. who Pete spoiled as his brother, um, or maybe apparently I spoiled as his brother to Pete. That's point. <laughs> how would, how would <laughs> I have found out? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Talk with all your Magic the Gathering friends, Pete. Come on. Yeah. You. Um, um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, one of them is really cool. We've talked about the plane Ixalan uh, on the show. I don't know if we've, ever, I don't think we've ever done like a proper episode on it. Maybe we have, maybe we haven't, but it's the plane with the vampire conquistadors who ride dinosaurs. Um, and right. it's notable because people can't, nope, you can't planeswalk off of Ixalan unless you have a particular artifact, basically. So, like, Jace Bellerin gets stuck there for, at some point. So there's, like, fan theories where, like, Ugin was planning on trapping Nico Bolas on um, Innistrad, or not Innistrad, sorry, uh, Ixalan, uh, where he couldn't planeswalk out of, and then getting freeing the Eldrazi to consume uh, Ixalan, destroying Nico Bolas oh, with the plane whenever, yeah. because he's not strong enough to defeat Nico Bolas. Uh, all fan theories. Um, I, I, I'll say my uh my lore boys canon uh is gonna take the the uh simplest approach which is exactly your metaphor pete um imagine you're a man standing with your hand in a pond and i know this is complex peter okay so do try and keep up with me here okay okay yeah, yeah, yeah. uh somebody cuts your hand off you can walk away with a bloody stump right but if all the fish work together and swim down while holding your hand you're stuck at the pond, right? Like you can't go to another pond, basically. Um, right. So I, I I thought the really simple lore boys uh, lore boys canon w- would be um, by trapping the manifestations on the plane. They're actually trapping the Eldrazi, where Ugin might fear that if you destroyed them, they would just manifest on another plane somewhere else and keep doing what they were doing before. Oh, right? Okay, get it. But I'll listen back in post and see if I can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, Jamie, you are a man at uh, a Magic the Gathering me. concert. Okay, uh, okay, uh, Jamie. Dory uh, is one of the is one of the Eldrazi, <laughs> and it's the it's the Eldrazi of short term memory loss, and she just yeah, wants yeah. to swim down. Okay, yeah, exactly. oh, okay, good, yeah. cool. Do you, so, yeah. Do you think, therefore, you am Jamie? <laughs> yeah. Okay, be am, and now be am with hand in pond. Good. I can see it. Yeah, <laughs> his, his face is getting flushed. I can see he's thinking. <laughs> oh, too flushed! Too flushed! Turn it off! Turn it off! True. My face is red. You guys are working yeah. me too hard on this thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we make you turn on your lights, and you get sunburns whenever we we make you record with us. Basically, legitimately, uh, I came I came straight from a work meeting. That's the only reason my lights are on right now. Usually, I'm yeah, for recording. Yeah. <laughs> Got that 60 watt bulb to look like a professional. Exactly, yeah. I need SPF 16 for the 60 watts, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Just put it on the bulb. It's easier. Oh, true. That's smart. <laughs> Block the light on the way out. Why don't they just launch sunscreen into the sun? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's how like, there was just to go off on a fucking tangent here quickly. There was like some stupid Bill Gates project that was to like 
blast chalk dust into the atmosphere or whatever, which would help cool the planet by reflecting sunlight. But we should mm-hmm. just do that with sunscreen instead. He's clearly <laughs> yeah. an idiot. What's the SPF on chalk? <laughs> yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. All the kids, a lot of it. All the kids who are late for class got to take the the chalkboard erasers, get launched into space, and bang it out up. Oh, clap them all at the same <laughs> time. Yeah. It's like that. If you all jump, can you move the planet? Sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. It's yeah. like if all the kids clap the chalkboard erasers at the same time. Of course, everybody's got a smart board now. We're talking like boomers, but yeah, yeah. like yeah. just like all the chalk dust to cool off the yeah. to cool off the planet by that one and a half degrees. If you all yeah. jump, can you move the planet? Or if you all swim down, can you trap these crazy large? Uh, unknown yeah. beasts, right? Unknown beasts. Yes. Uh, so regardless of why the three planeswalkers swim down, trap the Eldrazi on Zendikar, right? Um, yeah, we talked about it last episode. So again, if you want to hear more details on it, basically they use Zendikar because it was less magic and, and very diverse ecosystems, lots of life. So they used it as bait. Successfully trapped them in what would come to be known as the Eye of Ugin, which oh, was they- guarded. Sorry? Maybe Ugin just has like a like a like a stepmom milf fetish that he's not willing to say. Or you've got like the hand. It's you've got like uh, Ulamog's hand trapped in the sink. It's like help me step Ugin. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. Help me step El. Help me step Eldrazi. That's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That'll um, honestly now the next time I see one of those videos, it's so like why are they? They're not actually stuck. But it's because they're sticking their hand into another world, and okay, this There's, this will help. Yeah, yeah. the fish the and the, the fish and the so washing funny. machine are swimming yeah. down, so the, right. the stepmom yeah. can't get out. Right. Yeah, the setup for those is always so funny because I don't think there has ever been a human being with one hand stuck in a kitchen sink in real life. It is entirely a fictitious scenario. Saying never, it's yeah. got to have happened. Got to have happened. happened. I don't know if it's ever happened, and then someone fucked them though. No, definitely also has never happened. That one, for sure not. Oh, you're like, so confident now. All <laughs> I absolutely am. <laughs> like working on the garbage disposal and you got your wedding ring on and it's stuck and you don't want to move too quick because it's like a bunch of machinery down That was the final there. destination. Sinks were invented in ancient Rome, man. Like, they've been around for so long. Somebody at some garbage disposal invented. <laughs> Counterpoint, that, uh, fucking's been around longer. So oh, it, yeah, it might have happened. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Uh, you got like a cave. You got like a like a big titty cave lady trapped in like a bowstring or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hand under a pebble, like yeah, yeah. it's just under a big yeah, rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Gutting a saber tooth tiger gets stuck in the rib cage, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um. So they trapped them in what would come to be known as the Ivugan, which was guarded from tampering by locks and the locks were if you guys recall they you stone know, pillars opened with keys well those are those are hedron locks are opened with keys uh the keys right. to these locks are opened with you need three planeswalker sparks mm. and you need ugin's magic breath his invisible dragon breath to open right. the eye of ugin just to ensure that like hey can't escape without us three here uh we're the only three planeswalkers who know about this place I'm the only planeswalker who's got the invisible dragon breath, so we're covered, right? We'll see in a bit that they didn't do a good job making sure that nobody could unlock these locks. Confined by the magic of the network of hedrons, which are those stone, like, it's like two pyramids, like, ass to ass, which, like, float in the air, the stone <laughs> hedron. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I knew exactly what you're talking about, but that's the funniest <laughs> way to say yeah. it. <laughs> Two pyramids, ass to ass. Yeah. I don't know. 
I didn't Just even flinch. Mummies would have wanted it. <laughs> Help me, step mummy. <laughs> um, so, defined by the magic of the of the network of Astas pyramids and the imprisonment spells, the Eldrazi fell into harmless dormancy beneath the great supervolcano on the continent Akum, or a time. Right. Uh, the Planeswalkers disbanded, with Soren and Ugin leaving Zendikar, while Nahiri remained to watch over the prison. Despite the powers invested in the trapping and confinement of these forces, something sinister still leaked from within. The noxious force of Ulamog was not properly contained, and it soon seeped into the locals' drinking water. Ooh. Oh, this is the uh, yellow dust and the flesh warping one, right? No, Ulamog is uh, rea- uh, physical warping. Oh, yeah, he, he, he's it's gonna leak through the the faucets and changes tiles or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it just yeah. redecorates. Yeah, with broad <laughs> HGTV. Uh, leaking to the drinking water was a metaphor. In case that wasn't clear, Peter, I know the metaphors have been a struggle for you all episode. So, uh, really, just to say, there's there's like a gas, like there's radon leak, and it's okay. uh, eldritch horror gas that makes you go insane. Okay. Uh, like- Metaphors are hard. Why not just use similes? Because you get a like, uh, or as, uh, and it really, like, denotes, like, I know you're not being serious. Okay. You know? uh, the, the the noxious force of Ulamog was not properly contained, and it was like it soon seeped into the locals' drinking water. Ah, better? Cool. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Much clearer. But Much- you put a lighter up to your faucet, and then your entire house just, like, changes shape and then crumbles into the earth. Yeah, the walls, the walls just start melting, and you have a good acid, yeah. basically. <laughs> So the site of the prison had been carefully chosen. The mountains of Akum were hazardous beyond reason and were deemed inhospitable for simple folk. The planeswalkers, of course, had overlooked just how hardy a native population of humans could be. Uh, <laughs> because Amaret's at the top and there's like 100,000 Turkish dudes trying to get to the top of the sub <laughs> <laughs> Mount of Akum, dude. Uh, <laughs> it is the Akumers. <laughs> yep. Um, I assume that's like a, another sex thing that you're bringing onto my wholesome, spooky podcast. Yes. Okay. Good. 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 <laughs> so confident. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Amaranth turkeys. I guess. I, I don't know. No Turkish because they're like you can't get porn real easy in uh, Turkey. So they watch the Twitch where you got the the nice lady with the fi- big boobs and the doing the whispers. Oh, in does she ears. have big boobs? Damn. Okay. Uh, the people living in the mountains soon were besieged by visions of Ulamog, of the reality-warping powers he promised, and soon they began to worship those sinister whispers from beneath the earth, what I had mentioned before. They just start like hearing whispers. Um, they become kind of a s- cult devoted to an imagined deity of the mountains. Uh, they establish a temple near the site of the prison and begin performing rituals inspired by their growing madness. Uh, so they're they're losing it. Um you hear voice in mountain. You think it must be God. I'm, this I'm is simple the, man. Uh, the, the, like I've never read it, but this is like the, at least the title of the Lovecraft story, the at the mountain of madness or whatever it is, is so yeah. that very makes sense. Is like, they just like transplant that in, or at least yeah. the title of which into into that. Like, and haven't read it. Don't know the similarities. This yeah. is a this is a, a super volcano that's in Antarctica, where uh, but very similar with the square shapes, where uh, they're flying a plane and they come across this mountain range. This is the mountains of madness. Yeah. Um, they come across this mountain range and they they just seem like all like impossibly cubic and like stretching into the sky for infinity uh, as they're kind of coming up on this mountain range. Uh, from where uh, Cthulhu, who I believe is trying to escape Rialothep, uh, is fleeing. Uh, Did okay. you read that? But, uh, that is one of the few Lovecraft books I read, but I read it years ago, so I'm probably butchering it. But Sounds cool. 
Um, it is cool. Uh, I did Lovecraft last year. You can check out that episode, and maybe I'll do more Lovecraft someday. I'll give it a listen. I've never heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the, there's these humans who get poisoned by the whisperings of the Eldrazi, one of the Eldrazi under the mountain, begin performing these rituals. The cultists avoid the notice of the increasingly reclusive Nahiri. Um, I guess she's, I don't know if she's getting bored, uh, over time, just, you know, nothing to do, but watch the horrible Eldritch abominations under the mountain. Um, and over time in multiple generations, their rituals start to prove effective in loosening the bonds of the Eldrazi prison. Uh, so the Aldrazi prison is built where all ley lines of the plane connect. Uh, so it's like the most magic, powerful point on the plane is where okay, the, yeah. eye, the Eye of Ugin is located. Right. Um, ley lines, for anybody who can't remember, uh, they're just lines of magic which flow through all land in the Magic the Gathering universe. Um, so these people being so close to such a point, uh, devising rituals with an intent of freeing, you know, step god who's stuck in the mountain hole essentially yeah. <laughs> bent over looking dummy thick uh so they, <laughs> they, they got their rituals <laughs> uh and and they eventually start working i i would like to say again just lord boys canon maybe that it's just the byproduct of being so close to that central point of magic where like the magic flows from it and if you wish upon a star hard enough your dreams can come true yeah okay um so with these disturbances, ripples shook Zendikar and Eldrazi drones began to awaken throughout the plain. Uh, the brood lineages had, appear, uh, had appeared and they tore through Zendikar, devouring its mana and slaying its inhabitants. So it starts as like small spawn, basically. Like little, think of the, uh, the little exploding flood from Halo. Things that look like that, like size of your head, kind of going through the forest and like preying on rabbits, getting slowly, slowly stronger and just like manifesting more and more outside of the prison and okay. slowly building strength. Uh, but the Titans are still trapped. So like the larger manifestations are still trapped uh, under the mountain. Okay. They're sending out envoys to learn of this plane stepmoms basically and, <laughs> and, and grow more powerful. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're, they're clicking those ads, uh, hot stepmoms in your area. <laughs> uh, and they're, they're out in search for him basically killing every rabbit they find on the way uh nahiri calls for aid from ugin and soren though neither comes to help her uh the latter we know why the ugin i won't get into it right now it's not important um alone besieged the planeswalker got to work and was successful in identifying the break in the hedron network so she sees that like hey these goddamn ruffians uh cultists have been messing with my hedrons so she sets them all back up straight She's able to repair it, returns the Eldrazi to their sleep for a time. There's still probably some Eldrazi like kicking around on the plane, but they're kind of cut off from their host, so they're easier to, to kind of deal with, right? They draw magic directly from the manifestation in the plane. So like uh, if if you've got if if you've got the cause she obviously like is she did the whole there's your problem right there thing and then fixed it sort of like method. Um did that weaken the Eldrazi that were now like roaming around now that they've been cut off from their like source because they kind of appear through dimensions, right? Yeah, as as near as I can tell, it didn't weaken any of the existing ones. So if there was a really powerful Eldrazi being which had spawned, it would still be a fight for Nahiri to to conquest, like vanquish it. Nahiri's a planeswalker, a powerful wizard, you know, all, all encompassing, can leap between realities, can probably deal with most of the the chaff, if you will. Okay, yeah. Any, anything but a direct titan assault and like wave after wave after wave of of armies she could probably handle uh so I, i'd say it probably didn't weaken any of those but probably just cut them off from producing more okay um so eldrazi um are colorless which i've, I've talked about before on the show i yeah. probably should have talked about it on this episode but um 
all the the five types of magic in in Magic the Gathering, you know, white, blue, black, red, and green are all derived from particular uh, types of lands which you tap when you play Magic the Gathering. Uh, Eldrazi use a specific color of mana, which is called colorless, and it is a very semantic thing, but it's uh, it is a color of mana. It has a specific symbol, uh, and you do tap it, uh, but it is the colorless color. So okay. Um, so where they draw their mana from, where they draw their magic from, is again completely alien. No other card does this. Like no other like artifacts can generate colorless mana. Um, but they like no other cards use it in the way that Eldrazi do. Uh so like the entire just just trying to understand like, oh, how would they have, you know, appeared on the plane when a planeswalker can pull in a lion from a savanna on the in the savanna dimension to fight her battles? Uh, how the Eldrazi kind of do it is completely kind of unknown and unknowable. Okay. <laughs> I just thought about the logistics of that, that like a lion's hanging out with all his friends and just falls through the ground and he's like in a battle. <laughs> Fight my battles for me. It's like, yeah, I accidentally grabbed a male. All they do is like sit around and wait for food to be brought to them all day. <laughs> <laughs> but the Eldrazi have like a blank check mana, basically. They just like kind of write in whatever they need. No, so there is cost. That, that's it. So like, uh, if you okay. had, if you have an island, you can tap blue, tap an island for one blue mana. You can get like a, a land card which you can tap for one colorless mana. And where, and like, the island's mana, the blue mana is the symbol of a teardrop or a water drop. Yeah. Um, the uh, the colorless or devoid mana is just like this, like abstract diamond shape, essentially. Okay. Uh, and. People might not like the comparison, but in Pokemon there was a colorless uh, mana as well, like a colorless energy card. But it was you could get like double, so it would be like for like yeah. the nor- for the normal Pokemon or whatever. If you needed X amount, like it was like a super cheap version of the mana, but okay. um, yeah, not a tied to a color. Yeah, you can only use it for normal type Pokemon. And then sometimes, like a, a, a like say like a fire type Pokemon would have an attack that would need two fire energies and then two whatever energies. Whatever so like energy. The colorless would be really good for filling in those gaps because you could just get yeah. double fast yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, for that part of it, you didn't have to say it was Pokemon. You could have acted real smart because that's also how it works in Magic. You you'll have like two color and then you'll it'll show like two uh, like fire symbols like for the the red mana. And then it'll just show like a circle with the number two in it. And that just means two of any other color of mana. doesn't matter okay. what color. Yeah, oh, um, okay, cool. So for the devoid mana, if you, if you're, tr- some of the cards will require you to pay a colorless mana specifically, okay. which you need to tap specifically for. Okay. Uh, so Nahiri uh, put the Eldrazi back to sleep, you know, turn their mobile back on, sang them a lullaby, uh, <laughs> clean, cleaned up the house. Uh, Gently and- tucked their hands back into the sink. Just like, oh, shh. <laughs> um yeah and she's she's realizing that that things are kind of falling apart and like there's probably this is probably a threat and something that needs to be addressed she had called for help and nobody came if it happens again like is she gonna be on her own so she goes in search of her old companions she'd only find her own imprisonment we know what happens there check out the inner episode for details i'll say for the last time maybe yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) with nahiri gone other powers arrived while Nahiri was was gone, trapped in the Hell Vault on Innistrad, the Planeswalker Sarkhan Vol uh, had been ordered to travel to the Eye of Ugin by none other than Nicol Bolas himself, current big bad of the MTG universe, who we've referenced a few times now. Um, and I I really don't get into the reasons why. It's going to take like a whole episode on 
probably Sarkin Vol, which would eventually, which maybe need a lead up from Nicol Bolas. Uh, I was about to say, I love how Nicol Bolas, as like the big mysterious bad guy of MTG, has also been like the big mysterious bad guy of all our episodes because we have like <laughs> fucking ten now and have never touched him. He's just always kind of like on the periphery of the lore boys, haunting us. <laughs> we we've touched him a bit. Uh, it's like it's a don. It, that's like a definitely a multi-parter. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if yeah. Elspeth took uh, what six parts, five episodes or something, five episodes, yeah. then four. Do we get it? I don't know. I, I can't remember. Wanna, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, Nicol Bolas would take a lot, so I think that's just the only reason why I haven't. And it's just he's probably one of the more known characters, so less interesting. Yeah. For me to to want to talk about maybe. Um, but I'll I will do him someday for sure. Um, but yeah, he he sends Sarkin Vol, one of his lackeys, one of his minions, a planeswalker who's capable of transforming into a dragon, basically. Uh, sends him to the Eye of Ugin, where he's just left to stew. He's left here for a long time, uh, indeterminate amount of time, I guess I should say. Uh, slowly descending into madness while standing guard over empty halls at the beck and call of his master. He takes to speaking to himself and hallucinating over the years spent alone until one day another visitor arrives. Chandra Nalar, someday pyromancer of the Gatewatch, appears at the Eye of Ugin. Um, again, probably need a, a Chandra episode at some point, probably need a Jace, another Jace episode at some point, probably need a Gideon Jura episode at some point. Um, but these are all... For people in the, the Magic the Gathering uh, game, you, you probably recognize these names. They are known as the Super Best Friends, uh, where uh, they're all Planeswalkers. They form something called the Gatewatch, which is like the Avengers of the Magic the Gathering realm, essentially. Right, yeah. Uh, Chandra is uh, red-aligned. She's a pyromancer. Uh, she appears um, at this location, unrelated to the, the arrival of Sark and Vol. She had been following the location marked on a scroll she had found, which had led her here to Zendikar. Sarkin, in a moment of lucidity, decided to give her the tour and led her deep into the heart of the eye and explained what it was, what he had gleaned over his time spent here. So it was like, yeah, you know, this is my Eldritch Horror prison. I've been here for some time. I'm the only guy, you know, this is, uh, that's the washroom if you need to, if you need to go. There's a There's my bed over there. It's just like a, like a, a shifting slab of rock on, yeah, yeah. on, on milk crates. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, uh, I didn't make it. I, I wasn't expecting company, but... Uh, yeah. I've been awake for some amount of time. I don't really know how long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Chandra, nodding politely, was maybe a bit surprised when her host transformed herself into a dragon intent on killing Chandra and sacrificing her to the voice within the mountain. Hate Seems like Sarkin... <laughs> hate when that happens. Dude, yeah. Like, Man, I just asked if I could use the washroom, okay? Uh, it's like sometimes, like, <laughs> like the, the waiter says, like, enjoy your meal, and you say you too, and you're like, ah, oh, shit. Or, like, sometimes yeah. you're like... <laughs> Someone turns into a dragon, tries to kill you, and they're like, ah. Uh, tries, oh, yeah. tries to do, a, like, an unnoble voice underneath the restaurant. It's like, ugh. You have, well, you have, to, you have to put a sign on the door that it says, washroom is for sacrifices only, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's no, like a little go- yellow sign with a goat with a knife next to its neck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. So it seems like he succumbed to the same madness that overtook those cultists, and it's like, I got to free the voice of the mountain. I got to sacrifice this planeswalker to him. Uh, at roughly the same moment, by uh, pure providence, another planeswalker appears, Jace Bellerin. Uh He'd been following the directions on the same scroll that Chandra had used, something simply called the Dragon Scroll. Uh, there's not much about it. Again, I could go into more history, but Chandra steals it from a place, uh, ends up losing it, saved by Gideon. Gideon helps her escape. Gideon tells her to go look for the thing on the scroll. Jace also meets Gideon, finds the scroll, decides to go look for the thing. They both end up here. Where does, by the way, like, this lore, it's so in-depth and, like, multiple timelines all weaving together. Is this, 
like a series of books? Is there like a Magic the Gathering like compendium out there? Or like what's going yeah, on? Yeah, so for a long, long time, they used to do a, they would publish a novel with each set release. Like okay. they had kind of a rotation of authors that they would use to like write these books and write these storylines. Uh, and they do, it, they do it in blocks. So uh, each set has a block. Uh, we did, we talked about the uh, plain Innistrad where, and then we kind of butted up to, uh, like we talked about uh, Innistrad and Avacyn, um and kind of where the Eldrazi come into play uh, in regards to Innistrad is called Shadows Over Innistrad, the set, which released at the same time as Eldritch Moon. So I, okay. I showed you guys last time a picture of, of two angels, uh, Bruna, the fading light, and Gazelda, the something else. Maybe I'm getting this. Oh, Brunilda, where they get fused together. Exactly. So when they get fused together, that's an Eldritch Moon. So that's like well progressed in in the uh, Eldrazi horror block, essentially. Uh, but they're always themed. And nowadays, I I believe they just release like like online like blog stories. But they do have like professional writers like working on the storylines, and all the sets release uh, kind of in those storylines. So when I mentioned <laughs> the Gatewatch and these super best friends, uh, they they go through a lot of storylines together. Basically, I love that there's like a room full of writers. Like, no, the jellyfish is obviously a girl. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, but how do we show that? Maybe we give her big cans. God damn it, Jeffrey! Stop saying give Emerald <laughs> boobs. Okay. God yeah. Damn. What if what if one jellyfish head on the top? There was two, and there was little nipples on the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like it, it, we now we need to figure out is like are Ulamog's tits real or not? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Jace, uh, seeing a planeswalker battling against what he thought was simply a dragon, uh, jumped to Chandra's aid. The battle was ferocious, with magic lashing out from the confluence to strike the carefully laid lines of hedrons, which held the greater evils at bay. Oh, so he's like setting. He he's the uh, he's the boss battle against the gigantic blind enemy that you get need to get to charge into walls, basically. So he's <laughs> he's getting him he's getting him to I shoot mean, strategically at the ley lines. I mean, no, it, it's just like the three of them kind of battling are are okay. kind of. Uh, Having at it, uh, Jamie, you mentioned keys earlier. Do you remember what the keys to unlock the yeah. uh, prison were? It's three sparks and the breath of an old thing. So we've got so we've got three sparks. Jace doesn't know that we have three because he thinks it's just a dragon that he's fighting, not necessarily oh, a walker. The invisible uh, breath uh, of Ugin that you need as well. But he needs the invisible breath of Ugin, and this was like the biggest. Dumbest revel. This is the dumb revelation of the episode when I was reading the story. Uh, so some of the hedrons are, or like he has a balloon that he just like pops in the room or something. I, I mean, I didn't look into the details, but essentially, yeah, I, I guess he had like stored up jars of like, like under the doormat, he just had like a jar labeled "Invisible Dragon's Breath," and it's like his spare key, it's, like <laughs> hidden in a fake rock, you know. Yeah. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they find they find some there. So Chandra and Jace find some there and decide like, oh, we should use this to kill Sarkin, the dragon who's attacking us, right? Like, yeah, no problem. Let's do that. Uh, so three Planeswalker Sparks and Invisible Dragon's Breath make for uh, some unleashed Eldrazi Titans, basically. I love, I love the fact he's just got what is a, it's ba- just like visibly an empty jar that he <laughs> farts in a jar. Whips it to, just like, yeah, exactly. He's, he's, just, he's got gamer girl farts in a jar. And he, he just like whips it at this dragon. I was picturing um, like an old balloon that was used to be up, but it kind of just slowly fell towards the ground. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Still on the, on the string, just like a tiny little balloon now. Yeah. 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 
so they unleash the invisible breath on Sarkin. They defeat him, but in doing so, unwillingly open the last lock on the Eldrazi confinement spell. The Eldrazi rise once more to feed on Zendikar. Across the plain, dormant stone hedrons come to life, shifting and materializing into strange superstructures, bending the laws of nature around them. It's around this time that Sauron returned. So on the last episode, we were talking about Innistrad and what Sauron was doing over there. And we said, oh, then he goes to Zendikar for a while. And I said, I'm not going to talk about it. So <laughs> he gets back. Uh, no Nahiri, whom he imprisoned in the Hell Vault. No Ugin, which I won't get into right now. But if I ever do an Ugin episode, uh, Sauron turns to the resident elf Nissa Ravane, a planeswalker as well, to help him. She's an elf planeswalker green aligned uh she will eventually become a member of the Gatewatch as well yeah i've heard that name before probably two years ago from you <laughs> i did say it earlier today i said oh, okay uh the, uh, when i was trying to give you guys hints on the plane i said oh no oh, yeah. ravine is from here um, you yeah. said nissan ravine because you just bought a new car <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh so he gets nissa to help him his communication skills as we probably determined on the last episode could still use some work however uh while soren worked to reinforce the containment spell Nissa struck the main hedron binding them, thinking incorrectly that they would just up and flee. That, that, that they were they wanted to get out, that they were imprisoned and they just wanted to leave. Um now I I vaguely recall the game uh Magic Duels of the Planeswalkers, which I don't do not know how canon it is, but it came out kind of coincided with these sets and was did kind of tell the stories. I vaguely recall that Nissa also had some visions or some whisperings from the mountain. So mm-hmm. Probably Ulamog was like, no, we just want to leave. We don't belong here, you know? Uh, so Nissa decides like, oh, this guy trying to recontain them on my plane? No, thank you. I'd rather them be somewhere else. So she uh, says, they want to leave. They can go. Go, uh, my precious jellyfish. Be free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just throws them onto the pavement. <laughs> and just, yeah, just like flap, flap, and just dries out immediately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She was a, a little right and a little wrong, I suppose you could say. The Eldrazi were willing to leave, but only after devouring enough of Zendikar to utterly annihilate it from me. Oh, um, she didn't check if they needed snacks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> they're like, no, we want we want to be freed and we want to leave, but we're gonna just destroy you before we go. That's all. Yeah, that's the one caveat, you know. Um, it's about now that Soren's like, I'm washing my hands of this. He leaves, goes back to Innistrad, says, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Uh, he's I like, tried. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I imprisoned Nahiri. I didn't answer her calls in the first place. I come back here. I didn't effectively communicate what these six wanted or keep an eye on like the fledgling planeswalkers who were messing with things. Uh, no, I just, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go, basically. Yeah. Uh, That's so when everybody go crazy. I'm not a therapist. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he leaves the mess in Nissa's hands. Nissa was joined by three others Chandra, Jace, and a fourth, Gideon Jura. Um, realizing they need to stand together. They each take on an oath to each other, and the Gatewatch is formed. Basically, in this moment of crisis is when the, the they swear an oath to each other. Uh, in this set, there is uh, five cards, or I think there's four cards in the uh, Battle for Zendikar set, which is Oath of Nyssa, Oath of J- Chandra, Oath of Jace, and Oath of Gideon, which all do different things. And then uh, eventually, you get an Oath of uh, Liliana card, because she, she eventually joins the Gatewatch, just not uh, off the get-go. Well, she's <laughs> hunting demons, right? Exactly. Uh, she's hunting demons, if you guys will recall, on Innistrad right now. She probably oh, yeah. waits till the war is like almost won, then she steps in right at the last minute, pledges like, yeah, we did it! You know? we did USA! It, USA! <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but... <laughs> That's like World War One. Yeah, yeah. 
so while, while this is going on, while they're, you know, uh, promising to be faithful to each other, Ulamog is rampaging across Zendikar, while Kozilek is lying in hiding, letting his scions do the destruction for him. So Kozilek has kind of, like, shifted himself under the tectonic plates of the plane, and is just like, no, I'm, I'm going to chill down here, let my fingers poke up through the ice, and, like, wiggle on the surface. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, whereas Ulamog is... Reverse uh, ice fishing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like a knit blanket just with like fingers poking up through it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, Ulamog's rampaging across Zendikar Emrakul however simply vanishes from the plane she she gets up and leaves whenever Anissa frees him uh, okay so leaving... jellyfish is be free jellyfish is be free yeah okay sweet uh, she leaves the other two to complete the destruction uh, the planeswalkers assembled all the able-bodied men and women across Zendikar to try and beat back the Eldrazi but it was proving a losing battle uh, Jace realized that they could not hope to splinter out and stand against all the forces of the, the Eldrazi, but needed to make a single concerted effort. So he goes back to the Eye of Ugin to see if he could piece together the clues of how it had been used in the first place when he, and this is kind of a theme with this place, finds it occupied. Anybody want to take a guess? Oh, Ugin himself oh. uh, is in the chamber working to rebuild both it and the Hedron network. So he's a little late to the summons, but he gets there and he sees just like his lab in disarray, his fart jars all smashed. Yeah. <laughs> all pissed off. <laughs> uh, the spirit dragon. <laughs> They're all labeled like that. Yeah, dragon. Mas- masking dates. tape with a, with a Sharpie on them. Yeah, yeah. Dragon, Ugin, uh, Indy Fox, Everant. <laughs> Invisible yeah. farts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So the spirit dragon reveals how the network might be used again to immobilize the Titans, but Jace realizes that it can do more. He says, why don't we use it to kill them? Trapping them is the first step. Then we go on to kill them, right? Uh, You can't teach an old dragon new tricks. Ugin warns Jace against destroying them, saying that doing so would have untold consequences throughout the multiverse. Again, we don't, as far as I could find, don't have any canon reason for this. So this is kind of responsible, though, because if they're coming from the place between planes, maybe, and they just consume mana and leave behind, like, this this drained debris, maybe he's right in being like, hey, man, I don't know where they came from. Uh, he's listening to Listen to Your Heart. Like, I don't know where you came <laughs> from, and I don't know why. <laughs> but he's just like, he definitely understands that, like, maybe if we kill these things, the planes will just, like, dissolve or whatever. So he, it might be a responsible to the... It the could be an he... ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, you're, like, literally witnessing them, like, like turn people into horrible flesh monsters and, like, like the, the worst possible end to your life is seeing one of these things, like, like show up in town, you know? So, yeah, uh, uh, I don't want to both sides it, Peter, but I can see both sides, you know? Uh... <laughs> So yeah, Ugin's like it's a. It might be a balanced ecosystem. We would just want to trap them for now until we can learn more. Even though they trap them and never spent any effort in studying them or anything like that. Uh, although maybe too dangerous to study, right? Uh, so they recruit recruit another local planeswalker, the Merfolk Kiora. Uh, Jace describes the leyline pattern that they would devise to draw the bulk of the Eldrazi into the plane so that their energy could be dispersed into it, effectively killing them. So they're okay. like, we're gonna draw them in, trap them again, and then once they're in, we're gonna like disperse that out not keep like them concentrated in one spot 
Uh, no, like disperse them out into the plane. So like rather than keep them just in the eye of Ugin in that one concentrated location where their their oh. forms are like manifested and can hold steady, just like mm. thin them out throughout the plane, like super, super wide, and it'll just like destroy them. They're, they won't be able to hold on to the, themselves anymore. Okay. So all they need was the bait. Uh, Gideon gets to work clearing out swaths of Eldrazi swarms with Kiora and Chandra supporting, uh, and the Gatewatch successfully managed to anchor the Titans to Zendikar. So some of them show up and are like, hey, we're the bit, we're the, the force that's going to fight you and kill you. Look at us. Hey, look at us over here, you know? Um, and and they distract them long enough that Jace uh, and, uh, can enact the plan and, and trap them, basically. Jace and Nyssa. Uh, so Nyssa, like, moves the Hedrons into position. Um, <clears throat> there's a, a card called Large Hedron Network or something like that. Uh, which is some great artwork of you see like Ulamog standing in this like what's called the Seagate, which is like this like basin at the bottom of a waterfall, and there's just like all these hedrons like circling in around them, basically like hemming them in to this one spot. Cool. Um, but yeah, they, they get them to that to that point, and then they say like, okay, we're ready to pull the switch and like and like spread them out. Uh, it's Kiora who first notices the implications of such a feat. the The immense destructive power of the Titans threatened all of Zendikar. They risk pulling the plane into the Titans as much as the Titans into the plane. Jace's plan would effectively threaten to destroy Zendikar as well, and all of its all of its inhabitants as much as it would destroy the Titans. So Jace is not from Zendikar; he's from Ravnica, uh, and he's like, "Yeah, let's you know this plane was great, but we got to sacrifice it for the greater good." Meanwhile, Kiora, planeswalker uh, local, uh, is like, "This seems a bit intense, right?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm with uh, Jace Kiora... so far, dude. These are some badass <laughs> fucking Lovecraftian monsters. And one plane for for all of that gone? Seems... Un- untold numbers, yeah. As far as we know, the last time they tried to imprison these fucking things, they didn't, like, put, like, whatever. They didn't seal up the wall properly. And then, uh, yeah. like, psychic magic poured into the drinking water and everybody went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All those coomers came out of the mountain and then they all went nuts and let them go. <laughs> I'll be cooming around the mountain when I come. <laughs> So Kiora protests, tries to convince Nyssa to free the Titans. Nyssa, again, uh, another local to Zendikar, um, to let them flee the plane to save the souls of those on Zendikar, even if it threatens all the planes in the multiverse. <clears throat> so Kiora is kind of in the, let's free them. We can lure them to another plane without so many people, and like we'll deal with them there. Um, Chandra. There's no time. We, yeah. There's no time to get the civilians and nature out of the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chandra thankfully had another solution. It's the same solution as always for her. It's fire. She's just going to use fire on them. Uh, with Nissa's help, Chandra channels her pyromancy along the leylands of the plane itself, uh, which were trapping the Titans. Okay. Uh, in, in one blinding flash of fire, Ulamog and Kozilek are incinerated, leaving only ashes of them raining from Zendikar's sky. So... Chandra just like, oh, no, I'll just fuck them up. Don't worry, guys. I like, we're good. I'm just wow. gonna fuck them up. Okay. Um, I don't know why we even hired this mermaid. Just <laughs> take care of it. <laughs> uh, of course, whether the flames actually destroyed them or just their plane planar avatars, uh, and if like again, the man has just lost his hand now and is walking around with a stump in the blind right. eternities, bumping into stop signs and calling his lawyer. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard to tell. <laughs> Um, but they, they defeated them on Zendikar, at least for the time being. So while all this is happening, on an unassuming plane called Innistrad, a vampire is killing an angel. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. You guys will recall Soren unmade his his creation, Avacyn. Nahiri, 
Freed from her imprisonment at Soren's hands, had been hard at work, if you guys remember. Nahiri had been spreading cryptoliths throughout the plane to draw the Eldrazi to Innistrad. Right. Those are the little pillars that she was making. Exactly. While Soren still held the body of his creation, Avacyn, maddened by the Eldritch powers which now racked his realm, Emrakul had arrived on Innistrad. Dum, dum, and maybe that's dum. where we'll pick up on my next episode. Um... Because again, uh, a lot more there, but I didn't want to cut it too short. So uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We've been the Lore Boys. Uh, you can find all our info at loreboys.com slash about. In particular, look out for the Discord uh, link. It's it's our, our most active social. Uh, and the best way to get in touch with us is either that or contact at loreboys.com. Uh, you may have heard reference in this episode too. 200th episode whatever strange horror bending reality that might be that we've made it to 200 episodes uh more details on that to come we have some very abstract thoughts still in the bank uh we're hoping to release it soon uh with the big old the big old lore boys tm on that one yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah uh, do stay tuned uh we'll definitely announce it before it comes out it might just be a uh, small uh, announcement on this feed it may just come out on this feed uh but it'll definitely get announced in discord so uh, feel free to head loreboys.com slash about to find more info on us and the show. And uh, if you liked it, tell your friends, leave a review, uh, spread the good word. Uh, Janie, is there anything you'd like to share with the class today? Besides the fact that you're not wearing pants, young man. If you go on the internet, you can Google anything. Peter, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> when you say uh, Google anything, where can I look up what Google is? I go to Bing for that. Okay, good. you can look at what Google is and then from Google you can get to loreboys.com where you can see all of our socials and get in the Discord the Discord's where we're at uh, chat with people every day um, today I uh, we're talking about uh, Stardew Valley is a new game coming out from that same developer called Chocolatier and I have a petition to rename it Chocolate Stardew and the Hot Dog Flavored Water <laughs> okay <laughs> so you let me know Make it if, happen. if that'll work or not it looks just like stardew so i think it's a perfect fit but anyways that's it for me how about you pete yeah, yeah um uh at lord Boys podcast on instagram if you want to check out our title cards and leave us likes send us messages whatever um big thank you uh to everybody who has watched the interview that we did we did a live show on um, October 24th at Meltdown in Montreal. It was a great event. Uh, Eric with a K from Discord actually made it in person to meet us, yeah. and we got to meet his fiance. Wonderful time. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to be doing more live events in the future uh, it's with Squared primarily, but like maybe we'll be able to organize our own one day. So if anybody wants to reach when it's legal to travel, um, it's fun, and it's it was a great time. Um, otherwise, we are doing another live stream. Uh, we are doing... Um, what is it? Extra, Extra Life, Life. on For November 6th, 2021. Uh, we'll be uh, raising uh, charity to get rid of sick kids one way mm -hmm. or another. Um, I'll be playing one The night. Surge 2. Um, and then I guess uh, we'll be doing some Hollow Knight randomizer and uh, a little variety show with Jimbo. So if you want to check out twitch.tv slash the lower boys on November 6th, uh, we're going to be pretty much all day uh, raising money for, for a good cause. Yeah, Mostly I'm going to be... ASMR here. But anyways. Yeah, I'm going to be snacking, smacking my lips in this mic, and Jamie's going to be smacking his lips in that mic. Yeah. So, Jamie, you want to you hit him with a little preview? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I hate mouth noises in anything, and I, I would not want to subject anyone to that. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's Amaranth's mouth noises, right? Oh, those are Is different. that what I understood? Yeah. Okay, sure, yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> Amaranth's mouth, always taking it to another level, as we stated earlier on the show. Uh, Innovator. <laughs> uh, y'all wrapped up there, Pete? Done talking? Huh? That's it. Check out the stream, November 6th, 2021. Thank you to uh, Squared Idea. Thank you to Eric and, and, and everybody who's checked out the interview that we did. And yeah, that's it. If, if you're looking for a place to dump all your cash before we start raising money for sick kids so you don't have to feel guilty about not donating, we do have a Patreon as well. Uh, yeah, we'll launder your money for you. <laughs> Patreon.com slash the lore boys. Uh, you can head there to support us uh, with some scratch. Uh, big shout out, as always, to everybody who does. Uh, it means the heckin' world. Uh, and, and, you know, we wouldn't let reality warp it for anyone. But for you, maybe. Uh, anybody who doesn't like that, uh, doesn't like Patreon, doesn't like the idea of giving... Who owns Patreon? I, wa- I was going to say Mr. Bezos, but that's just an assumption. Probably not, right? No, it's someone else. Um, if you got, if you don't like the idea of giving that someone else guy your money, hate that guy. Uh, then we do have Lore Boys Prime, our, our subscription-based service where... Hate that uh, fucking jellyfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> where we offer you guys uh, something, you know, something special every single week, so... Pete's mentioned a few times now he is giving out uh, he is giving out jellyfish. I believe Jamie has some bismuth crystals to give out this week. I uh, I have some is I couldn't I couldn't afford real coral reef. It's surprisingly expensive for a service that we don't actually collect any money on. Uh, but I have papier mâché. Uh, <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice, uh, that's how it's pronounced, guys. Okay, I'm yeah, it's French, French for newspaper oatmeal. That's what it's <laughs> it's, it's a delicacy. Yeah, like, uh, so I've got some newspaper oatmeal bleached coral reef. Uh, the bleach completely destroyed the paper, just dissolved it to nothing. So uh, it looks very eldritch. But uh, in in matching with spooky season, uh, we'll do your Halloween decorations for you guys. We got live jellyfish, bismuth, which I don't know if it's valuable or not. But Jamie said he's willing to, to shell out for it, and I'll I'll do the the newspaper oatmeal. Last I heard, like bleached newspapers, kind of just paper, but without the news. Whoa, you know? dude! Last <laughs> I heard, you, oh we've my talked god, about this before just blew my fucking socks off with that one. <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. Oh my god, mulch it up, ble- I just I made, I invented paper. I independently invented paper, and. <laughs> I need I need you, Jamie, to be the the uh, the businessman for me because clearly I'm a walking invention machine. Take can, the paper, do this. take the paper, slice it. It'll be the best thing since sliced paper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what if I what if I take my speakers out back, smash them with a sledgehammer? What did I just invent, Jamie? Uh, sound? I have no idea what you're going for. Well, I mean, for a short amount of time, I did invent sound. I guess <laughs> the speakers were producing sound for a time, so I used speakers to, to invent speakers. Okay, yeah, I, okay, I like yeah, it. I like that it. That works. That works. <laughs> temporary speakers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Disposable speakers. speakers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, exactly. Don't, don't worry, Pete. I'm working on an invention to get that crucifix around your second shin, though. Okay, buddy? Uh, oh, please. <laughs> I think that would constitute a lore, lore boys. boys. Lore boys. Out. Hi, my name's James, and this is what my voice sounds like on your drive at five on the radio station. My name's Ethan. Uh, if I was a radio DJ, I would make I would nasally pitch my my voice up because people wouldn't like it, but it would be memorable, which could sell products. Sure.
my name's Terry DeMonte. I'm overweight, and I retired from Shome to host the Lore Boys podcast after hey. Peter died in a car accident. That well, is true. Self, uh, self auto fixating himself. Yeah. In the car. Mm hmm. <laughs> the, yeah. the old seatbelt trick. Yeah. <laughs> put the seatbelt seat around my neck, then stop really fast. Where exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, when, it's when you activate the ratchet. That's when it gets really dangerous, right? Yeah. Like when you pull it out too far and it starts to click itself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Help. Help. Imagine the police officer who has to find that. It's like, oh, oh he's going to be like his last day before retirement. Just like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.